Fiji crossed 16th Street and walked up Jefferson toward 17th. A pair of eyes from a second-story window followed him, step by step. B.G. walked, shivering in the freezing air, toward the hustlers on the corner. He paused in the middle of the notorious drug zone, reached in his jeans for a slip of paper on which he had Trigger's number. He ripped his Nextel from the clip, flipped it open, and began to dial. Interrupting his call, a tall thug, dressed in all black, stepped out of an alley and put a snub-nosed thirty-eight on B.G.'s temple. Another lanky, thuggish-looking kid snatched his cell phone and told B.G., You don't need this shit, before he slammed the phone shut and put it in his own pocket. Dis either, a third man said, and grabbed Goldie from B.G.'s waist. With B.G. stripped of his security, his worst nightmare became a reality, right there on the block. B.G. felt embarrassed and lost. His heart raced with fear. His mind swirled with Dre's discouraging comment. Remember, I told you not to do this. He was frisked quickly, but the search seemed in slow motion. The robber with the thirty-eight demanded to know where the money was hidden. B.G. acted dumbfounded, and the skinny kid swiftly raised Goalie into the air. Goalie had blacked B.G.'s eye in one motion. The kid said, Maybe that will help your memory. B.G. mopped blood from his face as it coldly trickled and began to freeze. He had the message. Through clenched teeth, B.G. told the robbers that the money was hidden in his Timberland boots. He kicked them off and the men searched them. They found the $5,000 stash, and then the beefy man threw B.G. He landed hard on the front of a Camry, scrambled to his feet quickly, a gift from playing football, and ran back to the charger. Blood continued to rain from B.G.'s face as he hopped into the car. Dre peeled off, tires screaming under the powerful acceleration. He waited in the long bank line for twenty minutes, aggravated but patient. The moment when he approached the teller seemed like an eternity had passed. He smiled at her and thought, Act One, Scene Two. He explained to her he was a bank customer and headed to the University of Miami that summer. He looked at her coyly and then added, You're way too busy to hear my life story. Please, go ahead. I could use the break. Oh, well, since we're being honest, my dad sent me in here to handle this cash advance all on my own, he lied. He bet my mother that I will get this transaction all wrong. He paused and glanced at the limo. The teller's eyes followed his. Yeah, they're out there making wages right now on whether I'll leave this bank with the cash. The teller grinned. She was hooked onto his con. To fully reel her in, he passed her an internet printout from the Miami Herald. I'm going to be staying here, Kareem told her, as her eyes widened at the monthly rent. She read the ad aloud. Coral Gables, two bedrooms, one for my gear, Kareem interrupted her from deeply analyzing the ad. It must be nice. To do a cash advance, I'll need a credit card and ID. Kareem slid the John Carter American Express and his counterfeit school ID across the counter. I need two months' rent and two months' security. She looked at his credentials. But a $9,600 cash transaction needed more reassurance. Do you have a license? Kareem leaned into the counter and whispered, I hate to sound condescending, but Philippe drives. I simply ride. The woman smiled, and three minutes later... Kareem walked out of the bank $9,600 richer.
With $9,600 stuffed into his socks, Kareem emerged into the Four Seasons Hotel and approached the front desk clerk. He had made a reservation en route to the fabulous hotel. He gave the clerk John Carter's credit card. She imprinted it and handed it back. She tapped a few keys on her computer, grabbed a receipt from the printer, and had Kareem sign it. He did, John Carter, and she gave him a plastic key programmed to open his suite. I'm a tad short on cash. Could I have a cash advance? Kareem asked as he slid the American Express across the counter again. Kareem walked across the lobby, $500 wealthier, and smiled to himself. The rush was palatable. He checked his watch, and it read 345. He needed to get home before the 5 o'clock activity school bus did, to avoid anyone from knowing that he was not at debate team practice, but fraud practice. Before the lobby doors opened and he was scot-free, the clerk called out, Mr. Carter! There went the essence of his glory. What could she want? Kareem became deaf and continued to walk. A bellhop stopped him and said something while pointing toward the front desk. Damn, he thought, as he walked back to the front desk.